What was the comment you remember right now you see in your mind that affected you the most in the last eight to 10 years? The comment that changed my whole career trajectory was. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. American author Harriet Jackson Brown Jr. once said, live so that when your children think of fairness, caring, and integrity, they think of you. An English novelist Terry Pratchett wrote, it's still magic even if you know how it's done. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My guest today knows what it takes to share the joy of magic and illusions through a digital medium empire that he's built. Many of you might know Zach King from his early days on YouTube sharing advanced tutorials on filmmaking techniques and mastering visual effects. Or you might know him from Vine, using a six-second platform to inspire wonder and awe in millions of people with his sharp editing skills and visual gags. Or more recently, from his viral TikTok videos where he takes practical effects to the next level to create mind-blowing illusions. Zach is a filmmaker with over 8 million subscribers on YouTube, 50 million followers and growing on TikTok, and hundreds and hundreds of millions of views across all platforms. And in this episode, we talk about how to keep yourself focused on your creative vision as a creator, where to start as a content creator today with all the noise, what's happening, all the different platforms, where do you begin? How do you grow your platforms? The life lessons Zach has learned from his wife and kids, the YouTube comment that changed the course of Zach's life forever, the importance of finding your specific niche, especially when you're starting out, Zach's passion for family life, foster care and adoption, and the first steps you can take to become a foster parent. That and so much more. I am so excited. Zach has got such a big heart. I aspire to be as talented as him one day. If you're enjoying this, please share it with someone who needs to hear it. And a quick reminder, if this is your first time here, click that subscribe button over on the School of Greatness on Apple Podcast, as well as give us a rating and review. Okay, after a quick message, the one and only Zach King. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals, knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. Super excited for our guest today. The legendary Zach King is in the house. My Dude, man. thanks for having me. Good to see you, brother. It's I'm good to be here. so excited. We were just talking off camera about how I discovered you on Vine seven, eight years ago, whenever that was. The Vine days, those are good days. And I think everyone kind of discovered you then who was on the internet. Mm -hmm. But then I remember you kind of went away, at least in my perspective. Yep. When Vine went away, I remember almost like, maybe it was a year or two years ago, 
seeing people say when your content came back, people saying, isn't that the Vine guy? It's almost yep. like you went away, at least in my perspective, yep. but you were still not gone, but it just seems like you weren't as mainstream awareness yep. for maybe a couple of years. Yep. Is that true or is that just yes. my perspective? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't go away, but it's 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 kind of that, the syndrome of you, you get so popular, it's, it's hard to top that, and then it's only downhill from there for a little bit. It's, <laughs> right. What I found having a career on the internet, it's ups and downs because yeah. you know me from Vine, but there'll be people watching this who know me from YouTube. It's 12 years ago when wow. I created my first YouTube account and I was teaching filmmaking. That, and then that had to die. And to this day, it's, there's never been a video on that YouTube channel. Um, so there's a, still an audience that's like, where'd that dude go? Interesting. Like, um, and then the recent uptick has been with TikTok, which is interesting. And it was yeah. kind of... A little bit, like you, you question in the back of your mind as you're creating, whether it's, I imagine artists have this, uh, filmmakers definitely have it, like you're, you're as great as your last work. And as Vine went away, um, I was still doing grinding on YouTube and making stuff every day with my team. Really? But you know, it was, it just didn't hit the same as Vine. It was a different platform. It wasn't going as viral. It, even though it was going as viral, like people, you never know if it was like a repost, people just, it wasn't the talk of the town, which was what Vine was. It wasn't and like so, culture. Like yeah, Vine was like, this is happening cultural culture. Moment. And TikTok is like, this is what's happening culture. And everyone was, knows like the dances, everyone knows the songs, everyone knows the magic, yes. right? And it was kind of uh, a little bit exciting to see that uptick on TikTok once again, because it was kind of like, you're like telling yourself, like, I'm, I'm relevant again. Like, <laughs> not that you weren't relevant, but um, you just kind of had confidence that what yeah. you were making was evergreen. And and now that I've seen that, that up and down you know, three times with YouTube, Vine, and, and TikTok, and even other platforms like Instagram. There was a time when we were one of the top three creators right behind Taylor Swift in one year. When was In terms this? of video views. That was 2014 or 15. The first year that they had, first two years they had their video feature. Because we were one of the first ones to yeah. jump on. Everyone was still using it for, you know, pictures of their food mm -hmm. or their dogs or whatever. And, um, and, and you were coming off Vine high, and you were like, let's go create here. Yeah, well, I was, I was coming off that, and it was like, Vine was 6.2 seconds or whatever. And then Instagram, when they launched, it was 15. 15. You're like, give me 15 like, seconds. Double. At yeah. this rate, we're going to be making feature films in eight years if we <laughs> double the length every you know, two years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we are continuing to... It's never been about the follower count, though. I think there was a period where, and it was... If you actually measure, I think it was between like one and seven million followers on Instagram. That was the most fun rush. It was like really? you would check the social blade or the, the graphs and it'd be like 40,000 followers sitting, no way, 70,000, 120,000. And then around seven million, it's kind of just became a, it can't be about this because hmm. then you're going to pivot the content and you're going to be creating stuff for the audience and you can lose yourself and your, your own voice and your creativity in that. And I think your whole... Um, fire for creating can die because you're all of a sudden serving this machine and it, the audience feels like a beast um, in a way to continue yeah. to feed it and keep it growing. How do you keep yourself focused on your vision, your creative process, the artistry of it as opposed to numbers, following growth, yeah. engagement? The, well, I think I'm in a lucky place where I don't have to worry about growth and it's, you know, even if you look at that number metric of growing one to seven million followers, like you kind of tap out in terms of even the brand deal size at seven million. Like brands aren't there to, they don't need somebody with 50 million. If you have seven million, it's probably like the same engagement rate. Um, it's just an extra bonus. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't a reason to continue to grow. It's all about making the next video is better or more exciting or a better story or crafted in a, in a more unique way. And the thing that got me into filmmaking years ago was watching Spielberg. Like I went to film school 
knowing that I wanted to try to make movies like Spiel Steven Spielberg or George Lucas. It was these giant blockbusters, but all of them had a theme of practicality where, you know, you look at those old behind the scenes and they have the real dinosaur head there. Like yeah. the men, you know, or the, the Jaws shark, which gave them a ton of headaches, but it, like that made the iconicness of that film. It wasn't like a CG or claymation. You're still talking about it 20, 30 years later. Yeah, because they were breaking ground with what they were doing practically. And so the fun of filmmaking to me isn't showing up on set and having green screens and like this fake little uh, tennis ball to look at for eyeline. It's, <laughs> it's actually having some of the things there. And that's what I'm. What gets me up in the morning now. It's like, how can I make this video 100% practical? What if there was zero editing? Um, because I've oh. known for a lot of my digital trickery, but my favorite stuff is like, I just did a video with my kids um, and we were thinking of it, like what, I make blanket forts with my kids all the time and I was like, wouldn't it be sweet? Almost like a Narnia thing where you go through and you can go through. It's really cool. And did you see the behind the scenes? Uh, no, so I don't think I have. I'll show you later, yes. but it's 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 one of my favorite things. I've never posted behind the scenes. I'm not a magician, but I live by the code that of like. That would crush on TikTok. It, yeah, we, it did. It did. The behind the so scenes. So we showed the behind the scenes because it was 100% practical. Zero editing where we, we you know, we go through the, the tent and I lift up the back blanket and we're in a forest. And everyone's. I see a million theories when we post a video up on the forums of Reddit. Here's what happened. Um, yeah, like, here, like it was some jump cut crazy thing where he got all two of his kids who are, by the way, under three years old, like to line up in the same position <laughs> no. when they went to a mountain. And it was like, no, we had a set and the doors opened up when the camera was inside the tent. You just didn't mentally realize it. The doors open up and we built the set on top of a mountaintop. Shut up. And so, so that's the set like, is in a mountain. So there's no editing. Yeah, it's just like the most simple explanation but I, it's beautiful to me because the problem that we were solving is how do we make this real? Like, it's it would actually be too hard to edit that video. Wow. And so I get a kick out of whether it's like Fred Astaire did a, a decades ago a tap dance number and he was dancing on the walls. Like he walks up, dances on the ceiling and is hanging around in, in impossible ways. And, you know, they used a rotating room just like uh, they used in Inception. Mm. And so we were like, well, it, to do that, like we could walk up a wall and someone could hold me in a green screen suit. It would just look funny and 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 kind of be a cheap way to do it. So we figured out how to build a rotating room so that we could, you know, do those moves and be, I always want to be like Spider-Man as a kid. And so like that was the video concept we ended up doing. Wow. But it's How much do these productions cost to build some of these sets? There, that's where the what's brand, the rent? What's the lowest? That's where the brand deal money comes in to <laughs> like, pay for it. We're like, you know, I mean, building a rotating room is incredibly expensive. Um, it, you know, it can be in the six figures to build something wow. like that. But it's worth the payoff just because I, those videos to me last for a long time. They're, they're evergreen. They, they're evergreen for until the day I die. Like kids will probably always want to be Spider-Man and walk on a wall, you know, or or and they'll reference your video of that like you're referencing Jaws. Maybe um, I reference a lot of stuff from Charlie Chaplin. Like, mm -hmm. it's I'm not. Re a lot of people are like, "Oh, you've created this new style," um, but there's a lot. George Melies was a filmmaker in the early 1900s. He was doing jump cuts. I, I watch a lot of his stuff often, which are funny because they're reminiscent of vines. They're sometimes six seconds long, and they would be played in Nickelodeons, which were like these little machines. You put a quarter in or a, a nickel um, for five cents. You could watch this. It was like up to literally seven seconds. A little, like you watch somebody punch somebody or right, like right. you watch a person sneeze. That was like one of first Edison's first films. And it's so, it seems so trivial, but they, in George's, he was doing jump cuts. He would like go like this and then a piano would appear. Right. And like people back then were blown away. Like what, cause it, it all looked choppy. So you could almost barely see the jump cut. Um, but I always wonder what if Charlie Chaplin were alive today or, or some of those early filmmakers who had such primitive technology 
what they would be doing. Yeah. You know, maybe they, I don't know if they would, I feel like they'd be more Oscar filmmakers, right. but maybe they'd be down <laughs> to make some TikToks. TikToks. What is the biggest fear you have as a creator right now? You've got, I think it's over 80 million followers across platforms. You've got billions and billions of views. What's the fear? Is it that I'm not going to be as good as my last video, that yeah. I'm not going to stay relevant, that I'll lose myself and all this? What, what is it for you? Uh, you know, what's interesting is I see my, my fears come out in the comments and I know what's a real fear when it pings me. So, I'll re and I don't spend a lot of time in comments anymore. When it triggers you. When it triggers me. And I'll read a comment and say, you, this guy's not relevant anymore. And I'll go, oh, Ooh. that's a real, like, okay, I must actually believe that's a fear of mine. If it pings me, another one um, that happens is when people say, uh, when are you gonna make your next thing? Uh, and I'm always fearful of like, I'm not gonna be able to, not that it's a pivot, but make something longer. Maybe I, what if it's actually a, uh, a lack of ability to go beyond 15 seconds. You know, what if I can't go a full hour and a half, which has been my dream, which I've been telling people since I was a kid growing up making movies. And so now the weight of it, which isn't right, but for many years I put it on me, like I need to fulfill that and succeed in that because I've, I've got my whole hometown family rooting for like, we're excited about your TikToks, but like, let us know when you make a film, you know? Oh like, man. Um, and so being content is, a, is something I'm working towards. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most content ever, where are you at right now? In terms of family life, fully content. Yeah. I love where I'm at. With work, I always wanna push it. Um, so it's not that I'm not content, but I'm ambitious to <laughs> see if I could do something else. You're happy um, just not satisfied? I am, I am see, I, it's, it is, there is satisfaction with the work. When we post, it feels great to have finished something and made something, because there is, an energy I get and a lot of my team gets from finishing, uh, whether it's a video, any kind of project. Um, it feels great to kind of look back at the process and um, it's not as difficult as a, a birth that I saw my wife go through, but it's a, it is a similar process where you created nothing, something from kind of nothing, like just Your an imagination. idea. Yeah, and use resources or um, creativity along the way to get that out, to become something that people, millions of people can watch. That's kind of a weird, Crazy. process to think about that in a way that it is magical that you're creating um, that physical experience and it, hopefully it can have an emotional experience when people watch it whether yeah. it's adding wonder or inspiration in their lives yeah but um, yeah so I'm the contentness contentness I don't, I don't know where are you uh, at there in, in career wise then one to ten I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven okay somewhere in there like there uh, there's a lot more ambition in there I don't know For where sure. that line so you've never done a full hour hour and a half film yet not even close if you add them up well over that. Right. It's like a director's length, you what know, three the, and a half movie. What would the film be if you could do any and, film? Well, that's idea. why I don't know. I don't know what the story is. I want it to be, I don't want, to, I used to have this thing in film school. I was like, well, the first film I do is going to be the best thing ever. It's going to be the Damien Chazelle La La Land that wins an Oscar. <laughs> the first, you know, like, um, super jealous of that guy's talent. He's amazing. And, 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 and But, you know, when I look at, I, I need to take that pressure off myself. And over the years, I've, I've learned to do that. Um, that pressure has never been healthy for what I'm producing and, mm -hmm. and who I am as a person. And um, so I know there's a, there's a long form story in there. I don't know what it is because I'm looking for it. Um, and that's and that's just allowing the curiosity to continue to ask questions. Like, uh, I, and I think it'll have something to actually maybe, I never, I love documentaries growing up, but I never thought I'd make one. I used to actually say like, I, I don't know, I don't want to make a documentary. But I don't know, it could, I love the idea of like exploring a topic deeper. Mm. Um, and immersing myself in that for a couple of years. But I also don't have the, those projects take a lot of time. As so I much learned, time. We did a documentary, it took two and a half years of my life. It's a lot of money. 
We haven't made any money from it, and we haven't like. It's just hard. It's more of a creative process of love. Yeah. Right. And, and that's why it has to be that because I I, I love the. Um, sometimes I'll make these videos, especially for YouTube, that'll be five minutes, and that's a lot of energy that goes into a five minute piece. Mm-hmm. But when I when we hit publish, it feels good to have to be at peace. And and <laughs> and a couple times we've said this where it's like I don't if this literally gets ten thousand views, um, it's okay. Like I'm proud of what we're putting out there. And um, because I, I learned so much in the process of making that, that mm-hmm. it's not even about seeing the response to it. It's like it's done once it's published. Um, that whole that whole journey. And uh, yeah, I, I don't. There's there's longer form story in there. Don't know yeah. what it is yet. I feel like a documentary on the on like magic as a as a whole. Yes. Like studying great magicians and, that fascinates and then you me. kind of throwing in your spin and twist as yes. a host kind of storyteller could be interesting. Yeah, but. I think there you're hitting on some strings there. That's where my curiosity goes at night. I'll Google like and there's all these rivalries of magicians and, wow. and selling the secrets and these shows that you know um, The dark side of magic. Ooh, I like that good, title. It could be a catchy title. It could be on some <laughs> co producer. Exactly. Now I like to challenge people when they come on the show okay. who have already achieved big things, but they have something missing. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the film is something that you would regret not putting out in the world over the next five to ten years. Is that mm-hmm. right? Before I die. Before you die. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm going to be making what I'm known for now, that this idea of magic. And, uh, you know, it's very magic is very on the nose. Not a magician, and I and I, I try to say that a lot too. You either, can't do any card tricks. Well, it's partly an insecurity, but also like it's just magicians get mad. They're like, "Well, you're not a magician mm-hmm. uh, because you, you didn't do." I did magic growing up, but I know it's a it's a totally different skill. So to me, it deserves a different title. But I think to the audience, they see the wonder. They that same wonder of like they would see in a magic show, and they don't care the process whether it was edited or you practiced the actual uh, card sleight of hand or, or whatever the trick is. They just know the experience brought them to that. It took them out of body, and for even three seconds, they spiritually believed that magic was possible. And I, kids today don't really care about whether how it was done, um, if it was edited or, mm-hmm. or or produced on stage. And so that's why people call it magic. And uh, but you know, when I meet people like David Blaine, it's like they can they can still get you to that spiritual place. Yeah. In with their cardistry or with their their tricks or. Um, their stunts in person and that's somewhere I, I'll never get to like yeah. you have to watch my stuff I have to show you a video you know for sure so. <laughs> but that's still magic you create awe and wonder in those moments yeah for people like wow how did he do that yeah so there, you're a magician in your own right there was a big problem for me was, was still when kids come up and it happened years ago too when Vine was first getting popular they'd be teenagers and they'd want to see a magic trick and <laughs> like, it, I, there's a video it to was, watch. It was like oh, the biggest disappointment it was as, as if I told them the behind the scenes of of Disneyland or something and said like, because uh, this happened to me, I went to shoot at um, one of the parks and you know I saw the cast members like take off the Soli head mm. and I was like distraught. Like, Don't show me this. I like, yeah, I, I want to be on the other side of Disneyland. But I would tell them like, no, it's this whole process and I was breaking it down and they kind of walk away like shoulders. Get, they'd, they'd get the photo, <laughs> but like that's, they'd walk away bummed. It's almost like you should learn one coin trick yes. that you can always do yeah. and just have something simple. Yeah, so I, Ended up, um, for the little kids, like, and a lot of kids, I had kids cry. I would tell them, you know, oh, it's this, it's this whole editing thing, and, and you can do it too, and they didn't care. Like, they were just bummed. And um, I, we ended up making a kid's book just to solve that problem because we wanted to hand them something because yeah. I couldn't deliver that experience. 
And so we did like an AR book, which is cool because you could scan it and all the art came alive. That's cool. Um, but it was like the backstory to how this kid was magical and where the mm. magic came from. And so um, that's been my thing. I keep them in my car or in my backpack when I walk around just to like, so when the kids are like, see a magic trick, I'm like, check out what this AR app can do on my book. That's like, cool. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on your website. Where can uh, parents get books for their you kids? You can find it on Amazon or, you know, wherever books are sold, Target. Just, just type Zach King. Is it Zach King Comics or what is it, Zach King? Uh, just check, like, look up Zach King and it'll, gotcha. it'll pop like Story. book and yeah. it'll come up. Um, I'm curious about how many views do you think you have total in all your videos in the last 10 years? A couple billion. A couple billion. A couple billion. Yeah, we've never tallied them, but... Isn't it interesting? I think it's probably more than that with all like TikTok and Vine and everything there, but isn't it interesting that you're probably one of the most watched filmmakers of all time who didn't get into film school? It's pretty crazy. Isn't that interesting? I have a theory why I I didn't get into film school as of recent. um, I remember, I talked to a friend who applied to the same film school and I was like, can I see the application? Like, I don't remember it. And it was like 10 pages of essays and then (laughs) submit your DVD. And as I was going through it, I was like, I don't remember writing essays. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, because I, I remember filling out, there was essays, and I hated writing growing I up. I hated too. I, like, I could, I, I'm not dyslexic, but I, I feel like I'm on the border of it where I just can't, I, I don't like it, I'm bad at it. Um, I only have like one word to describe things, which is like beautiful, and <laughs> awesome. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but I was looking, I was like, I bet I didn't write any essays. I bet I just wrote like a sentence for each answer. Like, why do you want to make movies? I love movies. Like, <laughs> that's all I do. Uh, and, and I bet that was part of the reason I didn't get in. But yeah, I mean, um, that was a, a bummer for me because I grew up, I was one of those people, same as I know when you talk to Liz Gilbert, she mm-hmm. said it like she, she knew her passion from early age. And I was that way. I resonate with that. Where like seven years old, camera goes in my hands. I'm like, viewfinder, I'm a director. I can. I- I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12-pack, head to Amazon and use promo code 20PureLeaf. That's promo code 20PureLeaf for 20% off. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. I can do this. This is fun. I want to do this rest of my life. Found it. And so going to film school and, and having the application denied, it was the biggest bummer. It was like, cause I knew from such a young age, this that was where I was going. I was gonna go to LA and make movies. And- You're, you're from Portland, right? Or I'm Oregon? from Portland, Oregon. Grew up on a little farm area and, uh, and and drove down anyway. And I got, I, I went to Biola. And so they still had general ed. I could take math, science, could be at the school. So you got into school. I got into school. And I lived across, um, who are now some of my best friends on the dorm, other filmmakers. And I got to know, I was like, what, what assignments are you doing? So I actually did a lot of my assignments like a year earlier because I just kind of did it with them, but I wasn't in the class. Wow. And I had started, a, I wanted to reapply. I missed the, I got denied for like the, the winter term. You could like, there's a last chance application. Didn't get that. And so I ended up sitting in the back of the classes because, um, and I guess this is a hack for school uh, today. Like you, I think you could sit in the back of class and teachers will never ask if you're enrolled. Right. Uh, so... I, I, I sat in the back of classes and got the teacher signature to like get added to that class. And I would just sit and learn. And after four years, they were like giving out the diplomas and they were like, oh, you're, why do you have all these units for film? Like we only see you as a general ed student or whatever. Uh, and I was like, well, I was a film major. It must be a mistake. And they, they wrote me the No diploma. way. Yeah, so so you the, never became a film major till the very end. Until the very last week of senior wow. year when I was, before I was going to walk and they were going to give me the graduation thing. So, uh, that's a hack for people who want to go to college and get the, I don't know, I can't guarantee that'll work. So you never actually still got admitted into film school, even all the way through, you just graduated from film I, school. I graduated from film school. Wow, that's um, interesting. But you know, got the same experience. And for me, film school is all, I get asked all the time, is it like, do you recommend film school? What if I have to go in a bunch of debt? Because you could also buy, if you've heard arguments of like, I could buy a whole yeah. studio for $200,000, the education price, and go out to LA and move there and try it for three years. and. That's also a great option. Yeah. So for me, it was about meeting people. I mean, one, I met my wife at the university, mm. so worth the the tuition there. But for, sure. for the film experience, it's if you're not motivated to get out and meet people and network and go jump on projects or have people jump on your projects, uh, film school is a great place for people to kind of be that extra push. To be thrown into it, yeah. yeah. When was the time you doubted yourself the most since you graduated film school to now? Along the way, doing the business part of my, my work. So business, I didn't do business school. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur, so I watched and gleaned what I could from uh -huh. him. But um, for me, it, that's the self-doubt. Like I knew my, in terms of the filmmaking craft, I know what I enjoy seeing and the tweaks that can be made there. But for the business, it's always a self-doubt along the way of like, oh, is that the right call? Or in the worst, mm. so it's, because like doing a business deal, charging for something, like what? In the beginning, that's always, you're awkward and you're learning that. But no, it's probably more that now I have 15 people on my team and it's fluctuated over the years. 
Um, but it's making the business decision of do we need to downsize now or do we need to scale up now or is that too risky or should I take a loan or like is are we going to be out, uh, mm-hmm. like what if we don't what if for some reason people don't hire influencers in a year from now like where are all these families going to be and a part of that is I've taken too much over the years on myself and part of that is just there's a natural um, system of life that happens and people will be okay if, if yeah. you know they'll, they'll figure out something um, so it's taking a little pressure of myself there but it, there's always a self-doubt it's like I wasn't trained in this like is this the right, whatever business, it could be not really about the deals, but just to, more about the, how the business operates. Like, mm-hmm. what if we need to diversify? You know, you have a different coaches come in and they're like, well, I see you only do one thing. Like you need to have eight things that bring in revenue and, right, and right, case right. this one thing, but we're all in on this one thing. You know, for the most part, there's like some different revenue streams, but it's, it's, it's those things that I question. Yeah, making those decisions, what routes to go down, who to hire, all that stuff, right? Yep. When was what was the comment you remember right now you see in your mind that affected you the most in the last eight to ten years? Well, in a positive way, there's a there's a comment that really changed my career. Like I would love to, I should go back and I don't think I'll remember which one it was because there were several of these comments along the way. But back when I started YouTube, I was making tutorials, so I was teaching people. Yeah. I had just started the films uh, going into film school, and so I was teaching what I was learning for editing and putting that out there. I was. It was really nerdy. I was screen recording my my screen and posting, pretty much editing down the ums and putting it on YouTube. And the comment that changed my whole career trajectory was, "Hey, you should show us with these like a short film, the demo. Like, so if you're teaching lightsabers, like show us it, make, make a, it, make a two minute short film about with lightsabers, and then like break it down because they wanted wow. entertainment. It was also like probably just stale content." Yeah, and I was and they like, went just how to. They wanted like show me the end yeah, result, give us a, and like, then break it down. Yeah, and it was those comments, and I literally read it and was like, one night in my my dorm, I was like, oh, I could totally do that. Like I'm working on a lightsaber thing for next week. Hmm. I was gonna break down like a Star Wars thing and how you could do it yourself. And I was like, the demo film would be like two kittens. My buddy had just adopted uh, kittens with his girlfriend, and that was fresh on my mind. And I was like, oh well, if we had them play and just like add it in and film them for like a night. They would it'd make a funny short. It'd be stupid, you know. Right. It's one of those ideas you don't think about, and uh, you don't give yourself notes. It's just like let's go do it. And we shot it that night. I posted the tutorial a couple of days later with, a, and it had kind of made it a, its own teaser, like just posted the, the Je- video. Jedi kittens by itself. I just called it Jedi On kittens. YouTube. Yeah, it was forty-five seconds long, and I think I even in the caption was just like tutorial coming next week. Or whatever. <laughs> but little did I know, like the viral potential that YouTube. It was kind of YouTube back then was a little bit like TikTok now, where you just, if you posted stuff every 20, it might go viral. Right. And viral would be a million views. And that was actually, it's it's oversaturated now. There's been a lot of inflation. Yeah. But um, back then, a million views was like a lot of Huge. views. And you could get 100,000 subscribers from that. It was like a crazy conversion rate. People were just signing up for the site. And uh, it was on the news. And the, the video, my parents called me. And I had been asleep because I, I stayed up all night to, make, to edit that video. And I just posted it, skipped my classes, and went to sleep. My parents were like, you were on Good Morning America. They just played wow. your video. And you had no clue. And they're like, did they pay you for that? And I was like, no. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and so it was just thrown into that whole world. And it wasn't, there was a few people ahead of me doing it. Um, the first wave of YouTube creators, whether it was, I mean, I remember early days where it was Smosh, iJustine, Freddie mm, Wong. iJustine was crushing, um, yeah. Yeah, incredible creators who were well beyond, like they paved the way for figuring out what this looks like. And um, it kind of started gleaning from them and like figuring out like, oh, so I should post every 
every week, I guess, every Friday. So that was my schedule throughout all of colleges. Wow. Let's do tutorials during the week and then Friday. And over time, by that second, third year, it turned from oh, the tutorials are kind of like people are now confused because there's like a million, <laughs> there's a half a million people here watching for the short films. And every time I post a tutorial, they're unsubscribing or they're just they like, what is, like yeah. what is this? Um, so it evolved pretty quickly. And then by the time I was graduating film school, you know, my peers, that's, I think another time I, I had a little bit of question or self-doubt where it's, hey, 95% of my peers are going to go into Hollywood and do PA work. They're going to be screenwriters. They're going to work their way up for 15 years and become directors. I might get left behind here because I'm doing this weird thing where my, my parents were really supportive and they actually called it out with like, hey, this is unique. Like, just go with it. See, what is a year or two of failing on this YouTube site? And just try it out. And, and also they're like, your living is cheap. It's like 400 bucks a month in LA. Right. Like, just just go do it. And well, Who pays 400 bucks a month in LA? Orange County. Orange <laughs> County, <laughs> it's over the line. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up committing to like, I'm going to do YouTube. I'm going to go hard. and um, Go for a year or two, see how it goes. Yeah, see, and then I hopefully can catch up to where my friends are and who were out ahead of me in LA. And I continued to do that, and, and slowly it turned into, um, you know, brand I hadn't been exposed, barely exposed to a brand deal. And... Did a, did a few of those and I was like I can't even do these like I need to hi I need to hire people to help me so slowly hired wow. on staff and then then Vine took off and that was a a different beast I remember my YouTube channel went from half a million subscribers to a million pretty much in like three months and uh, you Vine had gone to two million followers in just a couple in about a uh, less than a year so it was a different level of exposure. And you could feel it too when um, there'd be like one person a week who'd come up to me in the store from YouTube. But once Vine happened, it was, it was like everywhere. everybody in the store. Really? The, the checkout lady, it'd be everybody. And uh, that was She became was like famous in like a month. It, but Vine was the, even, it's kind of compared to TikTok, I think a little yeah. bit, but it's hard to know where they know me from at this point. Right. Um, but, but Vine was, the overnight you could feel the difference in person. And that was you go to the store, a, you walk down the street, and somebody like, oh, yeah, that was a weird experience. How did you not let that get to your head, or did it get to your head for a while, and you had to learn how to humble yourself in a way? Well, I'm I'm naturally an introvert. I love being by myself, so it was it's really uncomfortable. Not anymore, but in the beginning, when people come up, like I don't know how to have conversation. Like I edit by myself for twelve <laughs> hours a day. I work through the night, and uh, I had a, a girlfriend at that time who ended up. I, I became um, engaged and we got married, but she went through that whole journey and she'd be the person who talks. She's like so bubbly and she loves talking to people. That's yeah. her. She loves figuring out like what are, who's in the room and what are their needs and like, let's talk about it. Yeah. And so she was like, whenever I had her, I was comfortable. It was like, hey, this is Rachel. Like carry on the <laughs> conversation here. Like, <laughs> I'll take but, a photo of you guys talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was, just, it was different. And I think it's, it's funny when you can see that uh, where you, you mentioned in the beginning, the rele relevance went down or, or uh, people it kind of went to, felt like I wasn't around posting stuff. Um, After that, Vine went away, that right? That just went to show the power that Vine, it was just a different level. And, and crazy. you see it rise again with TikTok. It was actually like less people did recognize me on Vine after years had died, yeah. uh, died years ago. And TikTok came around and people would start, you notice when the title changes, they're like, first you're the Viner, then you're the ex-Viner, and now you're the, now it's TikTok like, guy. some kids only know me from TikTok. It's, Crazy, it's isn't weird. It? Yeah. Man, did you have a period where you were like feeling less relevant and you felt insecure about that? Um, I mean, you, I would, not insecure from a, 
in my soul, but insecure from a business perspective, wondering, ooh, was I over leveraged in Vine? And now will you will advertisers really come for YouTube brand sponsorships or, or mm. for the main revenues that we support the business? Uh, that's where I always questioned it. And that goes a little bit in line with my questioning the business uh, skills that right. I've developed over the years. It's like, oh, yeah, you, you can't be over leveraged in one mm. thing. Um, Diversifying more, yeah. Yeah. And it, it turns out that fear wasn't um, even valid. It, there was a lot more. I think as people, filmmakers especially, build for photographers, build their brands online, it, you should go hard in these, these apps. You know, it, should it, leverage it. Absolutely. Go all in. If TikTok is working for you, go all in on one thing. Absolutely. And then try to diversify later, right? Diversify as you go if you can. But yeah. it, it's, if, if you're really thinking of diversification from the beginning, you're going to have less focus on that one thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told my, one of my buddies early on, like, go hard on TikTok. And he has a couple million followers now. But, you know, um, a lot of my other friends who I said the same thing to, they were like, well, as I'm building this, I got to also do a podcast and I got to mm-hmm. do, and they ended up doing the kind of half-fasting the podcast and like- Half-fasting with everything. Yeah. And then they never grew on TikTok because they didn't, to, also you need to learn the culture of TikTok yeah. and how to, to speak the language or see what's trending and, and really, is it too late to hop on that? Or is it funny? And uh, does it fit? Do I jive with that? And can it feel in my style t- t- as well? So- What's your vision of TikTok moving forward if someone's listening or watching? Should they go on TikTok now all in if they're a creator, if they want to create content, or is it too late? I, I would be so overwhelmed if I was a creator starting now. I'm so thankful that I was able to start <laughs> when I did when there was, you know, it's kind of like going in real estate. You're one of the first ones there and you can build mm-hmm. bigger property and kind of, uh, and then along the way, I, I think um, TikTok is still, if you look at it from a big picture, there's massive exposure you can get. I still have friends who, my sister posted a video the other day and it was for her graduating and it got a couple hundred thousand, not because I, I never, my audience doesn't know, you know, she has an account. It's not from me. It just, the algorithm is so powerful. If it's funny or good or hits with people, it works. So over all the platforms, TikTok still is giving the best exposure. Yeah. You got to go there. Also, you got to, Instagram Reels, <laughs> brand new feature. You know, they're going to be giving like probably 70% of their real estate for that explore page to Reels. So jump on that. Yeah. But it's YouTube is the scary one. Like, I don't know where I would start. Like, so hard, man. Yeah, we're just consistent. We're finally starting to really grow now. I think we're like 700 something thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. And I think we had three and a half million views this month in terms of like, but we have an hour long content or an hour and a half long content. Yeah. And so it doesn't go as viral and some stuff, but we finally started to figure out a process and a system where it's now growing at a nice rate. But it's like, I've been on there for, years doing it but you know? the, the thing time. that you're doing and i and i was i love it and i'm telling people a similar thing like you're coming from a place of giving yeah like you're giving you get like it's you're called a school of greatness for a reason like people could literally get an education mm-hmm. watching your stuff and that's so valuable it's in depth and i always tell like that's the place i would start is going back to almost my how to feel, yeah how to like teaching a niche and in really giving value and for free. And then you can, and people, and I did, I paid through film school by selling my like DVD courses. I was manufacturing these two disc things that were eight hours long on top of my, it wasn't, I wasn't packaging like my YouTube tutorials. I was making like new training and selling it every quarter. Final Cut Pro trainings? Yeah, like. different, yeah, motion graphics softwares or different special effects packs. It was a great business and that's, that was gonna be my fallback. If YouTube failed, I was gonna go back to that because that was working great. Yeah. And it's just, 
but providing value was the simplest business model for it. And it still, that still works. Still works. Creating content that helps someone solve a problem. We have a very similar story in the fact that I got started in 2008, 2009, and 10. Yep. Broke as a joke. I was playing professional football, making 250 bucks a week. So it wasn't really professional in the sense of like making a lot of money. Uh, got injured, had to kind of recreate my identity. And I got on LinkedIn to try to find a job. Hmm. And I started spending all this time on LinkedIn. And after six months, people were like, hey, can you show me what you're doing on LinkedIn? And so by me learning a skill, I started teaching people one-on-one, kind of like with you, teaching one-on-one. Then I ended up creating a book and course around LinkedIn, and I started making money around it. I was like, wow, this is is amazing. And I went all in on that, become known for that one thing of just trying to help people. And then I evolved it into, well, what do I really want to create? I want to do more inspirational stuff. But that's what got me started, just like teaching got you started. You created a course. Yep. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of take a misstep is when they're creating their accounts. I see, um, I have a lot of friends either trying to, to break into it and, and they go too big. They try, too to, broad, they too try to hit everybody. Yeah. And in doing that, it obviously hits nobody or very few people. And so the niche, I mean, you were literally teaching LinkedIn. Yeah. I was teaching it wasn't Final social media. Yeah, no, you like, it was did, one yeah, go more narrow, especially now. And then, and then you'll figure out from your audience like that mix of what you love doing and then it'll naturally be coming out in the comments. They'll be like, LinkedIn, uh, what about Pinterest? I really need to trend on yes. CEO, SEO on Pinterest. Like, and then you, if you love it, you You'll start evolve to, it. Like, yeah. Because the people that are working on TikTok that I'm inspired by, they're teaching something specific. They're not teaching photography. They're teaching like iPhone photography. Mm-hmm. Like what are the hidden things on your iPhone yep. to make your photos better? Yep. Not like here's how to be a great photographer. Right. The more specific you can go on, specifically TikTok or any platform, the bigger you can grow. And I think that's important for people to know, especially starting out. I love that you're... You started teaching, then you started creating, and then that became your business model. Yep. You also are, um, no, I guess not known for, but you. we have a similar story in the fact that my dad had seven exchange students live with us when huh. I was a kid. So from five years old to about 12, we wow. had seven people from around the, the world come and live with us. So we kind of fostered part-time, mm-hmm. six months at a time. Was These, that all at once or, or over the years? Over the years, okay. yeah. Like every year it'd be like a new exchange student yeah. who was like their senior year coming in small town Ohio. And so I learned about culture from people from Brazil and Japan and uh, Germany That's and so France. Cool. And I would learn the language and experience it. And you started uh, getting into the foster care movement years ago, but you haven't adopted, or you fostered first we and fostered then you adopted. First. Yep. So my wife was a social worker and she was uh, working a desk job um, at a social work, um, at an agency uh, where they place foster kids and they do adopted kids too. Um, sometimes that means kids you know, are on straight track to adoption or, or they need to go through the foster care system and then figure out if they're going home or if they're gonna be adopted. And as she was doing that desk job, this is right around the time Vine was kicking up for me too. So um, we weren't, we early on in marriage, we were traveling everywhere together and then she had her, her job and um, you know, she felt like while she enjoyed helping get kids placed, she wasn't really in the field. She wanted the hands-on and she wanted to be, it, and she yeah. wants to be a mother. And so she wanted, um, to feel like she was hands-on. We had just moved into a new home at the time and to us, it was, it had an extra room and we were like, oh, this is too much for us. Like right. I, 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 at one point I had all my Legos in there and it was cause I'm a massive Lego like fan it's almost embarrassing wow. how many Legos I have and I won't let my kids touch them to, to this day. It's like, if they're on the shelf, like don't touch, you can play with these ones, but you know, already broken. Um, 
but I had all my Legos in there and it just felt like, nah, I don't think I need that. And we we're like, we could clear it out and, and she could quit her job and then end up doing foster care. We could try it out. We'll, we'll have one kiddo. She came from a family that was adopt. Uh, she was the only biological kid. There was two adopted kids. And I had, my youngest sister was adopted into my family. From China, so we, right? From China. So we both had that experience of having siblings that were adopted. And mm-hmm. we knew early on in dating, we knew and we talked about it like, hey, because I wanted to marry a girl that was going to do adoption and be open to that. And she was likewise with her spouse. So we connected on that. And this felt like, you know, year into marriage, um, a great way to figure out if we could do foster care. I didn't know what that was. I thought it was messy. You what, 24, 25, 25? I was, uh, yeah, 20, I think 24. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, and you're still a kid in some I ways. I was still a kid, just start, you know, really just my business was just picking up. I was just growing a team. Uh, and a lot of people would just think, oh, you're too busy, like do it later in your life. But for us, it was it was really a strong tug on our hearts. It, was a, it felt like a mission that we needed to do. And uh, we opened up that room. We had our first kiddo, and it was a baby. We signed up for zero to two, so you can pick ages. Wow. You can- Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Do, and it sounds a little strange, but you do go through an application of like during this first, you know, next placement, do you want zero to two? Do you want two to five? Or, and it's really based on what you think you can handle. Mm-hmm. So me and Rachel felt really guilty saying, I don't think we can handle, like we couldn't take on a, a mentally handicapped kid. I haven't been trained in that. Uh, maybe in the future I could, but it takes extra care, probably not only just a full-time parent, but maybe a little bit more support. Yeah. We And so you go through an application process and you go through training. And then literally the day you you get signed up and it's, it's, it's free to sign up, but you get a call and it's like, hey, you want to take in, uh, you know, here's the baby, here's their story. Here's a little bit of like how long we think they're going to be with you. And if it's going to go adoption or if it's going to go back to, they have like little pulses on the story. And um, you either say, yeah, I'm open. I can come drop off or I'll pick up that day. So we got a call four days before we finished the application. Like that's how, how much they to need. To come pick up right yeah, then. baby from the, um, it had been in uh, the Nick, uh, NICU, but wow. um, 
we went to go pick them up and had our first baby for six months. And so overnight- Within a week. Yeah, we, the, the process was six months to okay. get certified, but like within four days of us finishing, it was like four days before oh. they were like, Here, you, we already know who you're gonna have. Cause they, they have so many kiddos that they, gonna, they have to um, put in homes. And so we became parents overnight and it was, we had a lot of friends tell us like, oh, so you didn't, you didn't have biological, like this is your first kid. And it was like, we didn't have that nine month window of like anticipation and going to the hospital and birthing and being taught how to do it. It was just- You're an dropped. instant dad. Instant dad. There's a great movie, um, Instant Family that um, mm. with Mark Wahlberg uh-huh. that shows, it's, it's lighthearted. So, cause foster care is such a serious thing. It can yeah. be really heavy. Um, that's a great film I recommend to people to watch and just get a like, a, a, a sense of like what is involved. And their, their story is kind of intense because they had, I think three kiddos nice. at once, siblings. Wow. So what is being a foster? So you fostered one child and then you then adopt one kiddo, and then um, they went home. Our first kiddo went home to their family. What is that like? It's it. There's I've had so many friends with different experiences of it. Um, There's a whole range of them. For us, it's it's obviously terribly, on one hand, bitter because you have raised this kid for six months, and and they are your you're taking on the responsibility of parenthood. Like we're calling ourselves mom and dad for their attachment. Um, we, we don't want to be like a babysitter and they're getting half love or we're holding back love because they're getting the full, like as if they are our child. And for that period, they are a child, um, our love. And so it's, it's heartbreaking to give back. But at the same time, their story was um, really amazing. And I was really, I was so proud of their family because, you know, if, if they, someone has kids in the foster care system, most likely their parents have been in the foster care system and it goes down generations mm. um, just because it's a rut that, you know, it's, it's hard not to have judgment, but when I was, before I was educated about foster care, I had a lot of judgment. I was like, well, why can't you just kind of like fix yourself? And, and like, take care of these kids. Well, yeah. yeah, and like these are, they're humans and, and you're not taking, but they just weren't trained. Like it, it's not to, uh, to give them too many outs, but, they, but this family went through the training. They did, I mean, it's hard work to get back on course from where their life was. Mm. And so we were celebrating them. That's cool. And that's, that's the goal, like you want to be celebrating the birth parents the whole time. It's, it's not easy to, the whole, the whole process, because there's just decisions that are made that you're like, why'd you do oh, this, yeah. Like you were so close, and now we <laughs> had to go another six months, and, and your kiddo needs to be with you, like you're, you're a bio yeah. parent. Um, that's probably what's best for them, but along the way, it's just like, you have so much grace for yourself, but also just the families. Yeah. Because um, it's not easy for the parents to actually get, they, there's a lot of work they have to do to get their kiddos back. And, um, and so our second kiddo um, joined the family and we ended up, it just, the story um, turned where uh, he, he joined our family wow. and we were just so, we were thrilled. Like he was our son for the first two years that we had him and the fact that he got to join our family was like forever son, like so cool. How old was he when you joined? So he was uh, two when he was adopted. Okay. And what's his name? Mason. And what has Mason taught you about being a better creator? The kids are the most creative things in the world, uh, being a dad has changed my eyes and, and actually re-inspired a lot of them. I think you can see it in my work when you see, if you were to go back and see when my kids were somewhere around the age of one and a half or two, um, so just about a year and a half ago, I can track back that my work was more inspired, that the ideas were slightly better because you know I was on the ground with my kids, I'm every day on the ground when I get home at five, looking in grass, looking for bugs, looking for ants, whatever that new thing is that week. Um, looking for toads was our whole uh, winter experience. There was a, a pond near us that hatched mm. like 
looks like thousands of toads and we'd catch them and to them they were the, these scary we had these stories going and and that's so fun and kids you can you can see their innocence and you can see see that it's it's really in the best creatives there's no no yet they haven't been told no and you know i catch myself i'm like hmm. no you can't cross the road and instead of explaining like well you you can you can do anything but Here's why it's not safe to cross the road. Mm-hmm. And, it's a yes but, and mentality. But I'm yeah, but I'm always yelling no, like no, no, don't. Why do you have to touch the coffee thing? Like why did you spill the, this morning we made espresso? My both my kids by the age of one and a half have learned how to make me a full <laughs> espresso. Besides that espresso. besides putting the thing in and like turning it um, with the the force that it needs, they can make and hit all the buttons and grind it and everything. It's cool and. And that's our ritual in the morning, but he just spilled this morning. I'm like, no, like, why did you bang it on that thing? It's like, you know the process. And really, it's, um, I'm catching myself, so I, I don't want to be the no person. I want to be the expansive and teach him, sure, there's boundaries of life that you can, that you need to be safe uh, for your own physical well-being. But other than that, like, anything should be possible for the kids as, as long as possible. I want to I be there cheering them on and saying, yes, and how do we do that even better? Do they watch your videos? What do they think of your work? I, so I did a magic trick for them, just a simple coin trick early on. I think they were like a year and a half or maybe two years old. And they started crying. It was, it was too much to handle. It was like, where did it go? And well, I pulled it out of their ear after. You know, it's a classic, like, right. it's almost doing, like I've done this one to them where I pull off their nose. And they're like scared. They're scared. So I, I stopped doing it for a little bit. They've seen a few of my videos when, when they're in, um, because Mason's old enough to know what a camera is and he, he actually enjoys filming and taking photos but um I, I do show them the videos that they're in once in a while um because it'll like the camping video um just so that they can full circle know what we were doing if they oh, remember uh-huh. like oh that's why we were on the mountain that day like oh we made a video cool that's cool but they have no idea the followers and i i don't, I don't know what raising kids in amongst fame will look like so Crazy, i'll have to right? I, i'm gonna have to meet mentors that you know have done that successfully and yeah. then take from them how old are they now Three and a half and two and a half. Wow. Yeah. So they fully don't understand it yet. Yeah. I'm assuming they're just they, trying but to have fun. You know what's weird is, and we've stopped putting them in videos uh, because of this. People would come up uh, to take pictures with them. Like they would. I wouldn't be around. They'd see them in a store. We we had one um, just a couple months ago. A kid uh, came around in Target and was like, Mason, and no I was way. on the other edge of the. They didn't see me. Another kid. Yeah, another kid in their family, and, they were, and the dad recognized him too. He's like. Is that me? And they were also probably like, why is he alone? But I was on the edge of the, the, the aisle and I could see him. But they were like, oh my gosh, it's Mason. Let's get a photo. And I was like, one, I was like, hello, like other parents, you should know like to, that's weird. Because um, the kid's like three and a half. But it made us like, oh, they're going to have, they know, they're aware of like people coming up to me and taking photos. Now people are asking them. So we're figuring that out. We're navigating. Like mm. we've kind of gone the opposite of like, we're going to take most, most, unless it's like, such a cool concept and they're going to, watch us when they're older and just be proud of it. Yeah. Like we're pretty much taking them out for a while until they can make the decision and we can guide them through what that looks like. Yeah, like that's do cool. you really want to be in a video? Mm-hmm. This is, could be some consequences long-term. Sure. The video you did where it was on the mountain, it was kind of like seeing the back of them, so you weren't yeah. really seeing too much, which is pretty cool. When, what advice would you have to creators who are young creators that want to make a career out of this or want to try to make money out of this? Yeah. Should they focus on early on how to learn about business or should they just focus on their craft and making great art? It's focused on the part that they love the most. So, and it's not necessarily what they're gonna be good at the most because they can hone, mm. but they can hone it. So for me, I'm, I'm not, like I have people around me who can help me with the business. 
Um, if I really wanted to, I could hire a firm and they could, I could plug and play with them really easily. Like there's a lot of ways to find the thing that you're not good at and, um, and it'll complement you even better, make you stronger. So I would focus on the craft, focus on the thing. What well, it could be business, but mm-hmm. um, probably the people joining social media do have a knack for filmmaking or creating video yeah. and then showcasing you know, what they're doing with that. What's the mistake you see a lot of creators making especially right now, whether it be on TikTok or YouTube or any platform, what are they? I mean, the really common one is people joining just to get famous or just to, uh, to make money or they, they know it's the, the cool, popular thing to do. Um, those are too shallow and those won't take you very far. And they'll lead you making decisions that, like, it, it's, it's tough because when I make a video, I, I, we know the things that could make it even better. But sometimes it's compromising things that are already part of who I am or what my brand stands for. Um, or it's jumping on a trend that just doesn't feel right, but it's so popular. It's like, I should do that one. I don't know, but it's Give an example. What's a recent thing that, here's a trend I could have done, but I decided to go a different way because it was not aligned to my brand. Um, So there's there's one where a a gal, and she's incredibly talented with um, her face movements, and it's Bella Porch. And she did one of those like bum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's got this, I I love the creativity of it. It's, It's amazing. And you know, I'm thinking maybe there is a version that I could do. It's and the it's, most watched video on TikTok yeah. I think right now, right? And, yeah. and so when, on TikTok, if you if you use the sound mm-hmm. and it's it's a double whammy because it's a great, it's a popular sound, so that'll trend. But then there's the hashtag. There's mm-hmm. her if you take her account. There's just the fact that it's a, it's an effect. It's a face zoom. Yep. And so all these it things all are, compounds. Yeah, it's compounding. And it's like I need to do that, but I would be forcing myself to do it just for the sake of a trend. Versus there's not a great, at least we haven't written one yet, a great magic trick. And our version of surprise and wonder that would pop out of there. Now there could be. We could sit and really force it, but I it, think you did a great one similar to this with um, who's the singer? Oh, it's Lena Gomez. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, you did something like that. Yes. where You did like a magazine, and then she was there. But that wasn't. Yeah, and that was great because it wasn't a trend. It was just like it was a natural. Original. It was a natural idea. So like we we were just talking about. I think we had seen her on the cover of a Variety magazine. It was like, oh, we should work with Selena, you know, it'd be funny if I was a hairdresser and just like this girl came in and she was like, I want this look. Mm. Um, and we were like, oh, we will just put it over her face and it would transform. And that's kind of a natural, like that, that works. Um, but it, forcing it into a trend is the thing that can get us way more views. But if it doesn't feel right over time, if we do it 20 times, the brand will feel different. It'll feel like- Maybe a trend chaser. Yeah. As opposed to an originator. Yeah. And, and that's- we're not, our goal isn't even to originate trends, it's just to like put out some fresh ideas. And it's really for other, you know, our thing is if people are scrolling through the feed and they get a dose of 15 seconds of like magic that takes them back, you know, whether they're an adult, takes them back to like, oh, I like that feeling of seeing a magic show and that like anything's possible and they take that somehow into their work that week or what they're doing, like that's awesome. If they're just surprised for three seconds yeah. and take them out of their routine of just going through the feed. And, yeah, go ahead, sorry. And same for kids, like for the first time, if they're seeing magic or they're seeing this wonder that inspires them to maybe go make films. You know, we get sent clips all the times of kids who try these. I have a simple one, it's like a jump cut. Mm-hmm. And it's the one where you keep the camera on tripod and I go like, whoosh, and then I freeze and my friends bring, uh, you know, another t-shirt and I throw it off. And it's like, you cut out the middle section and then there's your jump cut. Yeah. And we get so many videos from kids and families that like make these together. That's the fun part. It's like if that inspires them to, to go from being a consumer of the content to being a creator of it, that's the goal. Because yeah. I, I, I don't use social media myself, um, but 
I, I do get caught in whenever a new app You don't app use social up. media yourself? I don't use it for, there's, it's too addicting for me. It's, yeah. And so I, I've just gone off. And also I just don't, it, it, text message is so practical. Like that's yeah. all I need is just to ping my friend and say like, are you coming or whatever, like <laughs> coordinate. I don't need, I don't need to post a picture of my family or what mm. I'm doing to, um, and maybe part of that is just like, the numbers don't mean, they used to mean something to me, like to, to, it would a, a buzz to get a thousand likes on a Facebook post or whatever. But maybe maybe it's mm-hmm. hitting, when you hit a million, it's just like, it's that one to seven million range. It's like numb, once you're tapped it's up. numb, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you just realize that's kind of, it's just so surface level. Yeah. Um, but I don't use social and, but TikTok is one where like, I can see how addictive it is. I can, I can, can be, be lost for I hours. I can continue to scroll. And so the goal is like, let's put something a little edifying in that feed for people and, and pull them out of it just for a second. Yeah, I mean that that trend, I don't know if that's a trend or just a style of like the jump cut with the shirt and clothes. I feel like so many people do that now on TikTok. Yeah. Is that something you were doing many, many years ago? No, I, I started that on Vine. That was a, that was a natural, like when Vine, I love creative constraints and, and that was one of the best things Vine gave me was at the time I could make YouTube videos that went up for two hours long or whatever and I was never gonna do that. But when it, an app came around and said, hey, it's six seconds, like you literally can't go over that. That was actually freeing. It was like, mm. I need to consolidate what I'm gonna do. I went back to my magic roots as a kid and I was like, oh, I always loved how magicians would do this disappearing act, but I never understood the story. So let's just like beef up the story a little bit, kind of copy some of these same ideas of, of trick techniques and put it in six seconds. And slowly, you know, you learn, oh, well, it needs to be funnier. It needs to be, have a better beginning yeah. setup to get the ending. And you build that story arc even in six seconds. What do you think is missing from your life? You've got one of the biggest creators in the world, some of the, you know, 80 million subscribers on all platforms, billions of views. What- um, the, the biggest thing that I crave is time alone to, to really think, whether, it, whether it's coming back to like figuring out that longer term story. What, like finding those moments, you know, I, I do have my writing time in there, but really to simmer on something, which is what, when I was on YouTube and Vine came around, it was a simmering moment. It was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Like I have, when you have free time, it's like, I, I might as well try this Vine app. And even with TikTok, like we were just doing YouTube, but it was like, we should try TikTok. We were in that moment of simmering. And so it's the simmering period when you- when You don't have that time. No, and it's, it's, it's a cause of wanting to do too much or, uh, you know, we just, for the most of the year, didn't have any work and now we need to make up for it. Now you have and, tons of opportunities. And, and so, um, the simmering time is gone. It kind of comes out of a time of, uh, I think you've talked about this before. It's a, it's a post-season rest yes. from creating. Like we're creating all the time, every week, weekly, different pieces of content. You never stop. It's not, uh, even I think music artists can take breaks after their tour, um, before they go into the label for mm-hmm. the next recording. Um, at least from, that's what it looks like from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably not true. <laughs> um, they're probably also creating all the time, but creating is, is you need a break. And that's what I kind of call that simmering time where you do nothing and you're not having to think of, you know, when I post my next video tomorrow, I'll then go into thinking about the next video, but I don't get a break. And so that's, that's what I'm missing. How strategic are you in planning out the next weeks, months of content? Do you have stuff filmed that's already banked for a month? Is it week by week we're coming up with new ideas? What's that process like? Some ideas are, we leave space for a trend there was actually one uh, going on this week. It was, um, and it's kind of a silly one. I don't know if it's gonna hit, but it's just a, a photo shoot with a ghost. And um, 
what people do is put a sheet over them, their head and, and put glasses on and we're doing our twist. Ghost is just so obvious for us, like, oh, it's, it's how you disappear. So um, we keep time for like a quick trend like that each week, like we'll have a half day open for a shoot. Um, the rest of it's really pre-planned for a couple weeks ahead. Um, or like we have most of our shoots for the rest of the year planned just because they're kind of bigger. They're like, we need mm -hmm. to build a set. Productions, yeah. On a, like right now we're like, can we take, can we build a set in, probably not Antarctica, but that's like the dream. Because um, you, I, well, I won't say the idea because someone will, will, it's a good one. Um, but, you know, can can we, for big stuff, whether it's like the David Blaine project, you just need months to prep yeah. that. Um, but usually we're like two weeks out and in the can ready to go. Mm -hmm. but two weeks ahead, you've already recorded. Two weeks ahead, yeah. You've got content for two weeks. For two weeks and then, but it's always scary. Like if you don't, if you're up to that point, it's like you're working, it's so frustrating working that week for the next week's thing. Same thing with a podcast. We, we, have, to, we have three episodes a week come out. So we're always trying to get ahead to keep feeding the beast of like three times a week. Yep. But when you have a month ahead, it's like, okay, the producer's happy, the team's happier, we're less, less stressed. Yep. But what about when you do the trend stuff and you said like a half day shoot, if you see a trend and you're like, okay, we have a half day window to shoot something, do you just make it up on the spot? Because some of this stuff takes like time and production and props to, yep. can you, what's the quickest you can make a video in that actually has the magic element? Um, we could we could do it in a half day if we have kind of all hands on deck and we think of an example is there was a, a trend that came out like a year ago called um, the bottle cap challenge mm -hmm. and I don't know how it's I still don't know how it started but I saw a video of Jason Statham that yes. was the first one I saw. who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie famous Amos has been making them since the 70s 1975 to be exact with semi sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch it's everything classic in one bite sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Thought slow motion, kicking it, kick it off. And did you do one of those? I was wanted to, but I wasn't cool. It was enough. like too late. It was too late. Oh bummer. And when is it too late to get on a trend? Well, it depends on the trend. Like some trends are t technically they go for a couple Weeks, months, months, really. Sometimes, but that one, like that one, had a, a little bit of longevity. Yeah, um, I remember seeing one with a guy who like used like his hand with like a, a sock over it and like took it off. It was, there were so many clever ones. And that's, stuff. Yeah, it was, that's when um, we get the hunch that it'll be a trend when you start seeing people take really clever twists and it just gives you a ton of ideas and you're like, okay, we'll skip most of those because people are going to do those. Like what's the one mm. most people aren't going to be able to do, which is, you know, we do a lot of stuff that is very difficult to do um, and takes time. So people kind of will never do those ones. So what was that one like? What'd you do? So for the bottle cap challenge, I was like, well, what if, you know, I think we saw similar like, oh, they're, they're kicking it with their feet, but yeah. it's really their hand. But what if when I kick it off, I kick it off with my, it is my feet, but I'm really small in perspective. And then when the cap flies off, I fall into the bottle. I remember seeing this, And I'm yes. kind of drowning, and then I have a friend pick it up, the cameraman, and drop it, and you fall water out. goes everywhere. I remember seeing this, yeah. So like that video, we talked about it in the morning. It was just like, hey, the water bottle, or the bottle cap challenge is happening. We gotta do something. 
we start filming. And the, the key for us is to get into blocking. You can be in your head so much um, when you're writing an idea. And, and especially if you have even just four people in a room, everyone has a slightly different version or a different idea of that, uh, what it should be. And unless you're with a camera and like acting it out and blocking it, you're not, you're not really, there's a point where you don't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's the idea isn't sharpening. So we just jump outside and that's our go-to. Just practice like our, it. Really. Our phrase is like, let's get into blocking. Let's move from like the table to like doing it because we're going to get nowhere. Kind of write it on the fly yeah. almost. And so we, we block it. And um, I remember that the one that, I'll never forget that video because we had a kombucha drink that was just in the fridge. And we're like, let's throw it in. And a kid comes at one of our team members is like, well, you know what would make this even better is like GT's kombucha was just training, uh, trending last week for this video that Cody Co did. And that's the true kombucha. Like we should get that because people will talk about that more than even this trend, which ended up being the case. Um, so you went and bought a bottle. He went to the store. We put GT Dave's in and it was last minute. Like he barely got it in there. We shot the thing. We posted it that night or the next morning. And then GT Dave called us and was like, Hey, one, we're sending you like a, like we're, we're stocking your, your studio fridges with kombucha. Um, but also that was like super cool. Thank you. Uh, let's do something in the future. Um, but those videos, you know, they, they happen fast. It's like we get all hands on. If we have all of us doing it, we can get it done in two it, days. It's but. almost like you need a business sponsorship salesperson who's with you, who's like calling the owner of the brand saying, we're about to do this video. Yeah. Do you want us to keep the label in or take the label yeah. out? And here's the rate. Yeah, it's something like we're about to call uh, this other <laughs> beverage company. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, you know, we have, we've done that in the past, and we've we've talked about that. It's it's actually a little un. It's unorganic. The, it's unorganic. Un, well, no, it's not organic. It can be organic. Like, that one was super. A lot of people saw it. My friends called me and were like, "How much did you get paid for that?" And I was like, like "Oh, nothing. it wasn't it. It wasn't an ad. Like, but they it was so front and center. Like it should have been an ad. But it's the internet moves." too quick for brand deals to get made on the fly. It'd be, that needs, I, there, take does, a month. there does need yeah. to be an agency that does that. Like they, they have it ready to go. Like they're just waiting for the trend to happen and they have a client, they just need the connection um, and the contract's already in place. That's the problem is by the time you do that and then you get other, I love brand deals because they pay the bills but you also need to meet their like, well, you need to say stuff. it this way. You need to put the bottle here. And you well, need you to, just yeah. get more. You, you know, you, sometimes you get on a call and there's 10 other creators from their oh team my gosh. giving the ideas. <laughs> and you're like, get out of it here. It just slows down the process. Yeah. And, and it can taint the idea from, especially those trends. They need to be like your fresh idea untainted. If brands understood that they need to trust the creator and just say, we trust you, make it great, do your best, and have like one stipulation or something, you could probably create a much better video. Those are always the best, uh, best videos. I mean, I right. had... Coca-Cola approached me years ago. It was one of my first brand deals. And they're like, what do you want to do? Like, what can we help you do with finances that you can't do now? And I was like, fly. Like, I've always wanted to hire the Iron Man stunt team and fly. And you know what? We'll just say Coca-Cola made me fly by putting Coke on my feet and shaking it and like opening it and, or a Coke and Mentos thing. Is it a, and then wow, like that's upside smart. down and flying. And they were like, sweet. We'll hire the stunt team and we'll pay you. <laughs> and, and so... That is the best, and that, that video has been seen over a billion times on various platforms. It's been copied everywhere. And you're right, it's genius because they just need to say, like, here's what you're great at doing. We're gonna provide finances to go next step, the direction you wanna go, and, that, and that's kinda to it. But the, it is limiting to like the amount of brands that you can work with because that level of budget is, they need to be just for general awareness. It can't right. be like a call to action, no. link in bio to sign up for whatever. Brand awareness. What's the biggest lesson your wife's taught you about being a better creator? 
she she's taught me a lot of lessons um and she's probably going back to your question about how you stay humble during a rise of fame like that's the only thing i can attribute to um you know her keeping me grounded and, and family and friends and she's taught me so many things but one is really just to um to not go numb to the journey there's a lot of things whether you're traveling and you're, you're used to the speaking to her or whatever meet and greets and you can you've probably done the meet and greets mm-hmm. where you do 300 people in two hours and it's like by the end you're a robot and you, or you, you're saying the same things and then uh, you catch yourself when you say the thing and they didn't even ask you that question and uh, she's taught me to really be present and like every person that, that's meeting you has a need they, they want to they probably want to they, they obviously think they're your friend but it's really your moment to like talk to them about them mm-hmm. whether it's 30 seconds or a minute um, like be present don't go to the robot version of meet and greet Zach she seems very emotionally intelligent she is she's the only she takes yeah I have none so she has <laughs> she has to be over capacity where do you think you'd be without her or if you were a, a, a creator who was more single in the last seven years I, I'd probably be doing a lot um, of the same stuff but family life would feel very empty I don't think I would be she's uh, pushed me to challenge like she's kind of the, the voice of like hey we have an extra room like what are we doing mm. like we could be doing more. She's the push of that. You know, where I, I get pretty content with like, oh, work's going, I'd probably be somewhere like work's going well. I'm just grinding still, single, Zach, uh, if I hadn't met her. Yeah. Um, but she continues to push to the deeper purpose of life uh, in the areas of, it's great to be famous. She's, she's show a question like, what, what, are you gonna, what are you doing with it? Like, mm. whether it's the one-on-one interactions or when you're speaking or being more present with people, what are you doing with that? Yeah, um, the impact you're making with it. Mm-hmm. What do you want people to really think about you, about your work? When they see your work, what do you want them to think about? I want them to be taken back to that spot. Like I have a vivid memory of it as a kid going, I was visiting Boston and um, just going about life, but kind of uninspired for a little bit of time and seeing a guy, uh, it was the goofiest costume, but he was—he had a hat on, and he was obviously just just ducked like this, uh-huh. you know. But his his hat was floating; it looked like he had no face, and it was like the Invisible Man. And I was just mesmerized. And he was doing magic too, like without looking, uh, or he had no head. It looked like an invisible guy doing magic. And I met—I remember getting that dose of inspiration. And so that when people watch my work, that is the number one goal: is that they feel inspired, and and hopefully take it into whatever they're doing. You know, it can be. A business person watching it and they go oh I, it's it's like a perspective shift um which is funny because we do a lot of you know forced perspective mm-hmm. stuff which is kind of on the nose but it is that like looking at the world differently um and taking a new path that next day you know yeah. that's um hopefully people can find and tap into their you know i it's like the ratatouille I, everyone can cook like i really think everyone <laughs> has a creative bone in their body it's just how much they've used that muscle mm-hmm. and how much they've tapped it and trained it and also following um, that curiosity to go actually execute an idea based off of yeah. what you may have a question about. I've always been fascinated by artists because I never was good at art or mm-hmm. like painting or all these things. Uh, so I just love watching it. I love appreciating it. And I'll dabble a little bit here and there just for myself. But I look at myself as an artist in the sports field mm-hmm. or as a, an interviewing artist. Yeah. It's like, how do, can I use creativity in the thing that I'm good at and make it art. Yeah. So whatever that is for you, like bring your creativity out in the world. It doesn't have to be video making or art. Yep. 
but you can make something art. Which yeah, I and I, I'm not an art, artist in the sense of I my paint. I can't do storyboards for the life of me either. Like I try yeah. to sketch out. It's one of my biggest problem is like if I could have one gift bestowed upon me <laughs> by the muse, it'd be like to make me a beautiful pencil artist and being able to at least draw a storyboard frame with the nose like looking the correct direction, and. Um, <laughs> You know, I, but I think too many yeah, people limit art and artistry and, and mm -hmm. say it applies to only painting or only yeah. filmmaking or writing, but it's, it's every craft can have an art to it. I 100% agree. And what is your biggest fear right before you launch a video? Is your biggest fear that it will fail and it won't do as well as you think? That it'll succeed beyond your wildest dreams and be the biggest thing ever? Mm -hmm. Or that everyone will judge and criticize it. Failure, success, or judgment and criticism. Which one's strongest for you or you're the, afraid of the most? The biggest fear when I hit publish is, is that my last one. Not as, as, as good, but is that the last, there was a period too where I really was believing that I'm, I'm gonna be out of ideas. Like um, we're 2,000 of these short videos in. Really, is there any more than that? Like, or are we just gonna do more of the same thing? and uh, mix it up a little bit. And for me, when I post, not much anymore, but you know, cause I'm, we're planned out for three weeks or four weeks. So I know there's more, but like <laughs> it's in the writing room now. It's when we send it off to production and then I have to sit there with my team and we're thinking of the next idea. There's always a little a piece of uh, a moment of like, was there anything as good as that last one though? Cause we just did like a banger and that was, we, we felt it as we made it. And then we might've just been drained and and that's where even longevity of the business, you, you think, how long can this go before I run out of ideas? Yeah, um, if I'm not creating hits, is any brand gonna wanna pay me and then I'm not gonna be able to pay my team and yep. continue going? Yep. Interesting. Is it a banger? It's almost like you need an idea person, just full time, who can come up with ideas. Yeah, we, ha we have a writing team and we, we are always coming up with ideas. Um, but you can tell when the ideas is good enough to, like we're raising the bar too uh, a little bit not every time, but every couple months, we're slowly raising the bar. And it's, are we gonna, the, the new fear is kind of, can we continue to top it at this level? You know, is it? Or are we going backwards? At the end of this, are we gonna have to be building like sets on Mars to be really <laughs> impressing people? Right, right, right. Going in outer space, yeah. Hanging out with Elon Musk up there, yeah. Which would be cool, and that, I gotta put that on the bucket list then. Mars. Vine on Mars. Interesting, that could be good. How can we support you the most right now? What's the thing that you're inspired by the most that you're doing? I'm most inspired by, uh, really inspired by family life. Mm -hmm. By figuring that we're just about to open our home again to foster care. Wow. Which is, uh, we had a break once we had our, our biological son, Liam, because we were trying to figure out like, what is life with two kids <laughs> while doing the rest of our life? And uh, so we, we got, we, were, we stabilized the aircraft there. And now it's, let's, let's jump into foster care uh, again, maybe, and two, by the end of this year, I can see us or next year going in with older kids. We haven't tried mm. that. We haven't had, I want some more training in that first to figure out how to talk about what they're going through with them. Um, because it's, it's a little easier with babies because they're not going to tell you all their issues. Yeah. Um, they'll give you a little warning sign with crying, but like, I don't know what it's like to talk to a four-year-old and explain why their parents, they can't live with their parents. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to develop what that, and we're, we're trying to figure out our, our home situation, like, what would it look like to have a really safe sanctuary for our kids? Like, is there a version of living on a farm where you could have a bunch of rooms, 
over time learn mm-hmm. to have a bigger capacity of kiddos. Um, That's cool. Like, I always love movies like Cheaper by the Dozen, and I was always inspired. I have a family friend up in Oregon. They have 10 kids. That's a crazy amount <laughs> of kids, and I don't want 10 kids right now. But I always loved the energy of it. I loved that there was older kids helping younger kids, mm-hmm. and just um, it, it was just a really fun vibe. And so for me, that would be the dream is figuring out, especially with my wife, like how can we create a, a safe sanctuary where really, whether you're a teenage mom, maybe you're raising even a kid in our home, and we're, we're helping teach that, or we have a baby or a bunch of kiddos, how do you make it safe for them and, and give that, like every kid deserves mm. a safe childhood. It, it just feels wrong that it's possible that kids can't have that. Yeah. And, and so is there a version of, it's kind of like, my creativity always goes to filmmaking, and now I've lately been thinking, applying, you know, the, the, even Yes Sand is like the most basic thing we start in writing a new concept. It's like we always start, meeting one is Yes Sand, like let's blue sky it. So doing that with family, not just my mm. you know, entertainment business, but it's, what's our family? Yes Sand, like how, how, how cool could this be? How can you evolve it? And for people that are listening or watching who might have a, who might be connected to what you're saying, who've been thinking about fostering, what recommendation do you have for them? Or are there any resources they could check look out? Up, uh, look up an agency in your area. Mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful to, to not go directly with the government, um, but go through an agency because they'll help guide you and, and be a little bit of a filter um, to the process. Yeah. And, you know, for me and my wife, it's really simple. And, and we adore people like, Mother Teresa, who really just saw an issue and helped. It wasn't like, there wasn't a huge thought process. It wasn't like, let's really map this out for 18 years and mm-hmm. what's this gonna look like and how is this gonna impact? Like, if you, it's not as hard as people think. It's, it's really, you, you can give your, your home uh, space to a kiddo. Yeah. And if, if you're up for raising a kid at this point, mm-hmm. and if you have a year of, of time window that you can be open for, like. Cause you can do it for six months or a year, a couple of years. Yeah, right. You can. There's a bunch of options. Like, How many foster kids are there in the USA? In the US, there's a, a last that I read was it's always a lag uh, by a couple of years, but it's over six hundred thousand wow. foster kiddos in the US. I know LA has thirty thousand, and only nine thousand or ten thousand beds, mm. and so the rest have to be in group homes or go to extra family or it, yeah. it's kind of messy. Yeah, a lot of kids that need some support mm-hmm. that's for sure. I want to ask this question. This is we're getting towards the end here. This is called the three truths. Three truths. So I'd like you to imagine it's your last day on earth, many many years from now, and you've accomplished all your dreams. You've got thirty kids in foster care. You've got farms of kids. You've got all the the films you've wanted to make. Like everything you've done it. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to the last day. And for whatever reason, you've got to take all of your creative work with you. All of your videos got to go to the next place, wherever that is. So no one has access to this interview, your books or any of your creative work. Mm -hmm. But you get to leave behind three lessons that you've learned from your life that you would share with us. So all history made of the race, and now I'm leaving the last podcast, right? The last three, yeah, the three things you know to be true about life that you'd want to leave behind and share with other people. Hmm. Three lessons. So put yourself in that hypothetical situation. Yes. What would you say would be those three truths for you? The three truths, you have to be full of grace, you gotta be graceful to people. I think everybody needs, could use a little bit more grace. Um, even driving here, I was so mad at this one guy who just cut me off and I, you know, I was like, you know what? I don't know what his day is like, but it's like, he needs grace and he doesn't need my judgment. Like, mm. I'm, I'm okay. So, it's, uh, 
and maybe that needs to be one of them is judge less. Like I'm always, if the one thing I'm lacking is like I'm constantly judging myself, really? but also people. Yeah, like it's it's so it's so easy to do, and um, and just judge people less. Um, I think everyone you have, it's 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 in, even in the Bible, right? Like mm -hmm. get the log out of your own eye before you uh, take talk about yeah. the speck in somebody else's eye. Um, the other one is, and this is the one I like will tell my kids, but um, my wife's, uh, my mother-in-law, she always says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I would say, invest in great people around you, like, and try to pick up on that. Like, you, you could probably ask yourself, like, who are the three best people that I, I should be around for as long as possible and, and soak up with them and just surround yourself. I, I think it makes a huge difference, like, who yeah. you surround yourself with. Absolutely. That's a big personal growth uh, saying you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So yeah, that's good. Invest in people for sure. How can we connect to you online? What's the best place? TikTok? You can, you can search. It's whatever your jam is. Yeah. We may be, if, it, if you have any social media account, we're, we're probably there. But just Google my name and uh, you can They're probably already following you. There's 80 million people that follow you already. So Zach King everywhere, right? It's the same name yep. everywhere. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Zach, because you have had such an interesting life and in the fact that you constantly show up for yourself. You show up and you just take the next step of creativity. You have an idea, let me try this out and see if it works. And maybe some things work and they don't, but you keep moving forward. And I really want to acknowledge you for your heart, because I think it takes a special heart for someone to want to adopt, foster, and keep thinking about kids who don't have a quality family life. And I know you grew up with a pretty quality mm -hmm. family life. And I think it takes a, a, a great man to think that way and open your heart and truly want to help as many kids as possible. So I really acknowledge you for that, you. that gift that you have. More so than the, the video work, which is amazing talent, but the gift to want to help young kids, I think is yeah. really inspiring. So I acknowledge you for that, man. And uh, I want to see you make a film in the next couple of years. I want to be at the premiere. Don't give me that pressure, not in a couple of years. We'll say. In the next 10 years. 10 years, yeah, that's Okay, fair. okay, okay, no that's pressure, fair. no pressure. Yeah. But I want to see it happen. Yeah. Whenever is right for you. So within 10 years, can you commit before 2030? We can, yeah, we can probably work on that. Okay, good, good, good. I want to see the film, The Dark Side of Magic, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we'll take the credit for that, but you know, it's a good idea. And my final question for you is, what is your definition of greatness? Oh, definition of greatness. To me, I look at the resilience of so many uh, kiddos who've gone through hard lives, mm -hmm. teenagers, adults, um, who've gone through trauma. Greatness is the resilience and coming back from that trauma and just going down the journey of healing. Mm. Um, doesn't mean you get fully healed, but that you work, you're ambitious towards some sort of healing. Um, those are the people I look up to who I'm like, how did you come from this family life and turn out the way you did? It's just incredible, yeah. um, the resilience. So I think greatness is having an incredible capacity of that resilience. And have you, what's the thing you've had to heal the most in your life? You know, I think a lot of it is proving, I grew up in a family where it's, it's very performance-based and um, you know, similar to your story where, um, you know, for me, it was, it was piano. It, it, yeah. it was, and that was, um, when I look back at why I love film, when I was four years old watching Jurassic Park, and I wanted to, when I was seven, I got my hands on the camera, I would play those films for my family. 
And just kind of recently, in the last couple of years, I realized I, what I loved about showing that work to my family was the gratification of them saying, good job. Good job, like, the validation. I was earning, no, and, but I love the craft, you know? There was like, yeah. I love doing the thing, but then the extra special like moment, the reason I gathered the family on Friday night to play it on the big screen for us was at the very end when they would say, good job. Or when it was like, oh, but you could work on this, it was kind of like a bummer and I could, mm. you know, I was only doing those premieres for the good job. And I, that's a dangerous place to do your work for. Um, for the praise of others, because I think it'll lead down some very um, uncreative places, and just it's not going to be your best work either. Um, and it also is not lasting. Like you can't sustain yourself over a career just always looking for. When I post it, people love it, you know. Yeah. So the healing is learning. It's not about these these uh, surface level achievements. It's about being a over your life a, a person who's putting good into the world. In whatever way that looks like, it can look like being a nurse, it can look like creating movies, but yeah. Um, yeah. Zach King in the house. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for being here, bro. Thanks for having me. My friend, thank you so much for being here. And a big thank you to Zach King for sharing his wisdom, opening his heart, and teaching us some practical things that we can do to become better creators and better human beings. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to tag Zach King over on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or wherever you're listening to this and you share it out, make sure to tag him when you share out stories on Instagram and all that other good stuff and tag me as well to let me know that you're listening to this or watching this. Also, would love it if you click that subscribe button over on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, it truly helps spread the message to more people when you click subscribe and when you leave a review. Would love to hear your feedback, thoughts of how this inspired you, helped you, and improved your life. So click the review button leave a review and click that subscribe button as well. If you want to continue to support me and the mission of spreading greatness to more people, that would be amazing. And if you want inspirational quotes and messages from me every single week to your phone, then text me right now the word podcast to 614-350-3960. And I want to leave you with this quote from Charlie Chaplin, who said, you'll never find a rainbow if you're looking down. I'm telling you, if there's anything I can learn about this and Zach, I've been following his videos for years. The guy is always looking up. He's thinking. He's creative. He's always got some wonder and awe and thinking, how can I bring joy to people in this moment? Think about what you can do in this moment to bring joy to someone in your life and then go do it. I'm so grateful for you. And if no one has told you lately, you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com.
Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.